An idea born out of Monday morning chats at the coffee machine, in this series we chat to our guests about their going out experiences and how it shaped them. Join us, Pippa and Georgia, team members at Skiddle who love going out and miss chatting about it. Welcome to the Going Out Podcast with Skiddle. This is episode three. And today we were joined by Lala, a DJ and curator hailing from Glasgow. We had an amazing long chat with her, touching on a few different areas, didn't we really? Like boiler room sets, growing up in Glasgow, horoscopes. Ibiza. Yeah, Ibiza. (laughs) So enjoy the episode. Well, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Hi! Lala, <laughs> DJ, promoter, curator, um, originally from Scotland, did a bit in London that we talked about just before we hit record on this podcast. <laughs> um, so I thought we could kick off. This obviously podcast is all about talking about going out experiences and how we're shaped by them. And you're obviously um, from Glasgow, aren't you, originally? Um, and I just thought we could kick off talking about what your first nights out in Glasgow were like and how um how that kind of compares to london obviously there's loads of differences between london and glasgow but it would be cool to hear from you firsthand what you think the major differences are well i mean it's like small fish big pond would be like the first uh yeah i mean i'm from glasgow uh, i think that you'll probably be able to pick that up from yeah. the interview <laughs> which is funny because in glasgow i would say I mean, I kind of, I kind of dip into two different accents depending on who my company is. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, you have like a tell, like because I, yeah. I wouldn't really. And when you drink able- as well, I have a different accent. Yeah, 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 as yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I find myself having two different accents and really not intentionally. Um, but <laughs> basically, uh, yeah, I, I my first experience was in the Archies, um, which is a club. And for, unfortunately, it's no longer um, a thing. Closed down because um, I don't know, and maybe through this conversation you realise I am into conspiracy theories, and they're not all conspiracies, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, juicy. We've not touched um, on conspiracies yet, but no. I definitely would like to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ooh. this is this is my take on it. My take is that the Marriott Hotel put in a bid to open a hotel around the corner from the club and the government used it as an excuse to close the club and give make money from property developers much like they're doing now yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. we hear a lot about that don't we yeah it's even like yeah. kitchen street yeah so similar is happening there yeah yeah i mean it's happening everywhere yeah. it's right under our noses right yeah. um so unfortunately that happened but that was that was the first club that i went to and what our introduction it was like it's like a club underneath a uh, Glasgow Central Station so it's like proper like warehouse industrial if you were in early enough sometimes you'd hear like the um, train uh, oh, go nice. over whilst there was like pumping techno <laughs> coming out the speakers and you're like oh my god I'm that high that my body's vibrating it's like no that's just, just just the train it's just the train um yeah, so that that was and yeah, it's definitely shaped like everything for me. Mm. Um, Who were you seeing it? there out of interest? Who were you going to What's see? What's that? Who were you going to see back in the day? Oh my god! So I started on hardstyle, <laughs> so like Gabba and yeah. like proper like hard house. Um, I, I was fourteen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I was I was I went off the rails really early. 
like I was really really young and just I tear away felt like the world owed me a favor I had a chip on my shoulder you know I just I wasn't a brat I just like gone through things that I couldn't metabolize so like you know I don't know if it was just growing up in Glasgow and then all of these things being readily available it's funny I get ID'd more now than I did then (laughs) I was gonna say did you have like a fake ID or like did you just borrow did you were you like one of them that you borrowed an ID well, yeah, I borrowed IDs and I was like, a diff- so this was like the thing, right? So the Archies, I got really friendly with the bouncers, which is obviously what you do as a young girl. Like you just get in that's with the, the bouncers, t- That's right? the key. That's the secret. Man, I was like, I was 16 rocking up to the front of the queue and all that. Like everybody in my school that are like four years above me being like, who the fuck? How, how does she like just, anyway, so I just turned 18 at this time and uh, there was like two head bouncers that were my mates Ross and I forget the other guy's name Ian maybe Um, and (laughs) they were like because everyone called me La right so that kind of touches into like Lala my name is Lauren Andrew so when I was 14, <laughs> it all happened when I was 14. <laughs> big year. Um, big year, huge year. Um, got my first tattoo. Oh, wow. <laughs> my own initials on my stomach because I got a, I got my tongue pierced that day. And I said to the guy, I was like, can I get a tattoo? <laughs> Thinking that he would be like, listen, <laughs> you are chancing your arm getting that um, tongue pierced and never mind a tattoo. Because you had to be 16 to get your tongue pierced but then 18 to get a tattoo so anyway he was like yeah darling what do you want I was like <laughs> eh, my own I didn't expect you to say yes <laughs> my, my own initials on my stomach that would probably make sense so um got that and then everyone just started calling me la which helped at the Archies because I was a different person every week. Yeah. <laughs> so they all just knew me as La as well. So I, um, Ron, or what, whatever the guy's name is, um, was sorry if you're listening. I really, really don't think that he will be. But um, uh, yeah, he was like, Can, let's see your ID. And I was like, listen, you don't want to do that. And he was like, nah, nah, nah we know you're young. It's fine. I was like, no, no, no I've only just turned 18. I've known you. He's like, how long have we known we La? I was like, no, 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 like, don't get into this topic. He was like, but f- five years? I was like, no, no, it's definitely four. It's four, it's four. I know it's four. <laughs> and then they, I showed them my passport and they were just like, oh my God, we have known you for full, four full years. You've just turned 18. I was like, I know, but you know, nothing happened. And I know you could have lost your license, but it didn't happen. So I'm sorry. Fair play that they like, were like, yeah, we've known you for ages, but you're finally 18. Like, yeah, good job you're 18 at that time. I feel like you got a good outcome out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like they were just like, come in again, enjoy yourself. (laughs) Totally, totally. Well, you're 18 now. So anyway, but how how it compared to London, I mean, I didn't really get to experience London to be honest. Um, I went to Honey Dijon and me have the same team. (laughs) How mad is that? (laughs) That's a good sentence, isn't it, to say out loud? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but like uh, she, we've got the same manager and agent. So um, she was launching Honey fucking Dijon. And uh, she did a night and then Naomi Campbell strolls in. I was like, oh my God. Wow. It was it, me and Absolute went, you know, Anthony. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were like, oh my 
my god, legit, that's my only gamble. <laughs> and she came in full sunglasses as well. Like it was amazing. Oh, um, wow, that is it. And uh, <laughs> after that, um, a, a couple of weeks before, I had played Fly Open Air, which is obviously where I did my boiler room. Um, but they do two different festivals in two different locations every year. So this one's underneath Edinburgh Castle. And that is the kind of, like, that was the most mental, like, experience for me, like, I think maybe ever. In the sense of, like, I felt such a change in, like, how I was being received. Like, bear in mind, I have played to these people for seven years at this point every week. But it kind of took for, like, other people to say, oh, no, 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 she's, she's good. Or we back her or we'll sign her for everyone to be like, oh, right. Yeah. We, you're like, we've seen you, we know you. And it just, like, uh, do you know what it was? It was like women. Yeah. It was women came up to me. Like, I, it was the first gig my mum ever went to. And um, it was a total fluke because I think that she thought this is what happened to me all the time because I saw it playing and all of these people were like, Lala, can we get a photo? And my mum must, must have taken like, because I went out into the crowd like I always do and yeah. nothing like that had ever <laughs> happened before. So my mum's like, and people are just like, take a photo of me, Lala. And my mom, I'm like, that's my mum. <laughs> oh, but she amazing. was like she was like oh my god this is amazing but it never happened before that gig like that gig was like oh my god this like you know women support me like yeah. which took so it's just such a funny topic and I don't know if you want to dive into it because I, I don't <laughs> want to say too much because I've got opinions about it I just think like as much as like we have this like inclusive like what could be this like no bigotry, no like discrimination space, like free, awesome, amazing space. It just isn't always like that as much as it's per- because. <clears throat> What's your experience get- of that as like a woman, a women DJ? Like, well, I, I, I just I feel on the outside of everything because, like, in my scene particularly, like. I think if I didn't wear makeup and I, like, dressed a little bit more like a bot, like, I don't even know, like, what, like, the expectation is or, like, what people, like, would be more accepting of. But my experience was the assumption is that, oh, she's she's somebody's girlfriend or she shagged somebody or like she do you know like mm. that it was always that treatment and like uh even when I ran subcup man I was paying those DJs like fees I was I was in touch with the agent I picked them up from the airport like it was still if subcup had something to ask me my business partner it would be him that would be asked not me yeah um even though the money was coming from my bank account yeah like it doesn't matter like I, I, and and I think the fact that I like I used to model which has been a bit a bit of a funny one because I, I gave up so so long ago I mean I was like 21 I think my last shoot like paid job was yeah but I knew from the jump because I've grown up in this scene how much harder it would maybe be for me to shake that yeah um and become take like or to be taken seriously yeah. as like underground dj um yeah. so I, I think the assumption is that it helps you or somebody's like you know shagged you and then giving you your career yeah. like yeah. man even, 
even when I played Circle Local, which for me was like, that was my dream from the world, world goal. Like I just never ever in my life thought I would be playing at DC 10. Like yeah. in the main room, two people before Carl Craig, like what the hell? <laughs> it was me, Sylvie Lotto, then Carl Craig. Like what wow. the hell? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, New Year's Day. Like it was just the most insane experience. And then Antonio that runs Circle Local, man, like it's been going for like 23 years or something. Like it's like history. Yeah. Like that place and what they've created there and the longevity and how respected it is. Um, but he like he didn't speak to me before. Um, it's him and another man. I really I forget his name. Maybe you can cut this bit out so I'm not going to get into trouble. But he was he was so so welcoming and like rolled me a joint like as, as soon as I got there. And he was just like like really warm. Whereas Antonio like it was almost like I don't know if this is intentional, but I kind of had to play first before he was gonna say hi yeah. and welcome. Yeah. So he was like behind me <laughs> when I was playing and then after we had this amazing conversation so when it, whenever I, I imagine his presence is kind of respected there backstage and stuff and like people watch who he's talking to or whatever so they saw that Antonio had been speaking to me for like a length of time and they came up and they were like oh my god you go out with you go out with the head bouncer <laughs> <gasps> and I was just like, uh-huh, of course I do. Like, of course I couldn't be a DJ. Yes. Like, of course I just have, even right now, I have to be somebody's girlfriend. Like, That's it's ridiculous. Just, it's annoying. It's yeah, annoying. Yeah. yeah. Especially before, like having to deal with that on an ongoing basis when you're trying to prove yourself, but you have to like work extra hard. Like, what do you think like needs to change? Like, is it attitudes more or... So much. Well, I think if we're going to call it an inclusive place, then it can't have any barriers. Like, I think that the people that are from any walk of life need to be included. It can't... You can't want this inclusivity, but then exclude people yourself. I think that, like, it would help if, if women... Like, for me, my whole thing is everybody can eat everybody can win like yeah. it doesn't have to be this like man like I'm, yeah. yeah like and I think it still is with women and it's like if you don't if you don't you know fit into what they consider to be underground then like you have to look like this to have taken music seriously it's like that's not inclusive yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's not like that's not being a feminist like that's not whatever or or supportive of women or by the way I'm so sick of talking about it. Like, I'm so sick of thinking about it. I, I like, I get stressed. Like, I've got boobs and like, you know, it's like, I have to cover them up. Yeah. And like, I know I don't have to, but like, if I show them, I feel like I'm being too sexual. If I yeah. don't, I feel like I'm conforming to what people, it's like this uh. constant push pull of like, trying to find a happy medium. I think, I, I think basically in lockdown, I've just learned to like myself a little bit more. Mm. So I kind of care less about stuff like that, but I'm still very, aware of how much it's affected me up until now yeah. um, 
But I think with all of the things that we're now able to do and like the position that I'm now in, like having this weekly show and like, you know, all of these amazing things, I'm getting more confident um, and able to speak about things like this. And I just hope it will be received in a way that's not, like, I don't think I'm anything. Like, it's not me saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Like, it's not. It's like, I wear makeup, I have boobs. Sometimes I like yeah. to look like a girl. Sometimes I'm just a single young girl just wanting to, do you know what I mean? But that's okay. Like, yeah. who cares? I'm still a DJ. Like, yeah, it, it seems to just be so much for you to think about compared to like a male yeah. DJ would just not even have to think about what they're wearing, how they're coming across. Yeah. Like, see, for Boiler Room, because I knew that was coming, like, I, guys, I manifested that into my life. Like, I am not, I knew that was the thing that was the only thing that was ever going to help me get out of Scotland. Like, yeah. I knew it. I don't know why. And I was I was actually at a point where I was, like, ready to quit. Like, I had, like, I don't think people realise, like, when you when you promote, when you, like, have a full-time job as well, and you play, like, four gigs a week for seven years, it, like, I didn't have a life. Like, yeah. I hardly saw my friends. I, like, didn't have a love life because I didn't have time to have a love life. Like, all of my time was put into like searching for tunes, improving, my, like like watching interviews of like people that were more knowledgeable of me, like trying to figure out my own shit, like uh, of what was going on in my life at the time. Like man, through my musical journey, it's been like there's been some real like hardships that like have come up for me. Like my mum's sister was murdered in Glasgow. Um, five years ago um so it was like about two and a half years into me playing and man like this random guy random like completely not related to any of us nobody knew him never never met him released early from jail one month out broke into our house in the middle of the night and stabbed her 37 times like like she was like my second mum so like it's like certain things like that it's like I've kind of had to like been figuring all of this out whilst holding on to like all of like, all of these jobs and all of these spinning plates you know just continuously trying to like prove yourself when you've got your own demons and, yeah. and heavy stuff to deal with yourself so I think that like any added pressure on that never mind whether it's like it's to do with like vanity yeah like I'm the, I'm probably way more insecure than anyone would ever assume like in who I am and who how I look I don't think I'm anything I just don't want it to be about that anymore yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean because it's like I'm hard on myself as it is I don't want to be thinking about like see if putting on a bit of bronzer and like a, a, a high neck fitted top makes me feel good while I'm playing and I'm comfortable that's all like why why are we talking about it why am I thinking about it you know <laughs> but even talking about it in this in this way I think will go a long way to towards like younger girls who are wanting to get in the industry who are also feeling those same pressures yeah. I think you know 100% we're kind of sick of talking about it but they need to hear that you feel the same too and I think yeah, yeah definitely but like also that there's this new like movement yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, because I'm still so new. Like, even though I've been playing for so long, like, I'm so I'm so just, like, not even, like, broken through yet. But, like, just to even know that there's, like, women who are ready to support, like, and, like, really, like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're from. See if you're passionate and, like, you really work your ass off. People will help you. And I 
I'm one of them. Like, if you are a woman, if you if, like, my DMs are always open, and people can vouch for me. I do reply as much as I can. I've not even got that big a platform, but I think that that's all I hope by speaking about things like this or anything in general is just to like to take away this kind of like ha- like hierarchy and like harshness because. I've just like shagged my way somewhere. That is still like the attitude that I get from some people in Scotland. And I think that that's wrong. Yeah. But uh-huh. just being like, because I, I would hate for it, because I think like not knowing and then experiencing it and thinking it's all rainbows and like, you know, butterflies and like, it's not, it's not. But there are good people and there are people that will, will help you and welcome you with, or, or, or just give you a chance. Yeah. You know? And I think that's all people need. I would have progressed a lot quicker, I think, if I was in this like safe environment that I was encouraged instead of um, like taken down or, or, or judged constantly. Like people would turn up to fly to see if I was playing a pre-recorded set and they would all gather round the decks and like peer in and watch. And it's like, it's so, that is not, you're never going to excel and you're never going to like become better in that environment when you're just like trying to survive. Like I didn't learn anything the first four years because of that, you know? And that's four years going into work every weekend, like every single week feeling like that. That is no way, way to learn. So I think just knowing that it's not, actually all like that anymore mm-hmm. and there is like that open conversation and really really amazing like jaguar like yeah. she is just like a movement in her set like all the topics she's talking about i would i like the the, the i don't know if you guys heard it if you didn't you should definitely listen like um she talked to a bunch of other females in the industry about Edmirillo and all of those kind of like yeah. look the thing that I mentioned earlier and I'm like panicking like it's like I don't have the confidence to talk about stuff like that yet because it's like I still I still want a job yeah <laughs> but like how wrong is that yeah <laughs> but like you can't actually just like express how you feel without being scared about rocking the boat too much yeah who are the people that have supported you then or people that you've looked up to since the beginning of your career oh there's so many man <laughs> like I have had incredible support this year like I kind of like I like kink started following me the other day oh, wow. and messaged oh. me kink messaged me <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like like I cannot believe um DJ Seinfeld was uh, oh, wow. Seinfeld was one of the first people yeah. As soon as Boiler Room went up, yeah. who reached out and has support, supported me. Plastician. Yeah. Uh, one man, genius. Genius, uh, genius, like, giving me and supporting me in the way that he has, like, by giving me that opportunity is, like, guys, I, that happened four weeks before lockdown. Yeah. Like, I now have this weekly show that, it's basically me, Ben UFO, and Joshua James wow. are the only people on Rinse that have a weekly show. Wow. And Hessel was born yeah. out of yeah. out of Rinse. So it's like I didn't have a monthly show before that. They just like Gene 
place just reached out to me when I'd moved to London. Um, I'd done a couple of Balamini radio shows and that's kind of where Plastician and One Man, like apparently they were on like the live chat being like, yeah, she's killing it. And then that's kind of when people like started taking me seriously, like seeing people like that saying, yeah, yeah, yeah she's good. <laughs> um, yeah and then yeah so I don't know if it's I don't know how he found me or whatever but he just DM'd me and was like hey I know that you're on Big Mizzy's show but do you want to come in and do your own show and I was like yes sounds and he was like do you want to make for a coffee before and I was like because I screenshotted it to my agent Jim (laughs) do you guys know like anyone uh, do you know Jim Regan? no 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 oh my god I have landed on my feet (laughs) see honestly I cannot tell you like Jim O'Regan Regan is the dog. Like he is like the best, like the best, one of the best people I've ever spoken to. So transparent. Like has the he took over from this guy called Sandy, who retired from the industry. Um, but he had like the biggest roster, like so up, like Madonna, Honey Dijon, like all of these, like I, um, I can't even like it's like an insane yeah. like list. I, I don't know everyone off by heart, but um Jim had taken over a couple of months early er, earlier to this and joined Coda. It was then, and then it turned into Paradigm. Paradigm all, always owns Coda, but nobody really knew, so they just decided to like make it all one thing. I think it was like because I don't know if you saw like Coachella did this like diagram of like WME like artists and then paradigm artists so I don't know if they were just like trying to flex and like because what was meant to be Coachella this year paradigm were like the biggest agency in the world now (laughs) so I don't know if that if that has like if it was like a competitive thing or whatever like okay now we're ready to take over (laughs) um yeah but like it was like the most insane thing like why would you want to sign me when you have all of these people like who are like like I just didn't get it where like he found Leon Vinyl like before like he discovered Leon Vinyl like before and I'm like I don't get it what do you see in me like he obviously he obviously keeps his ear to the ground you know and is like wanting to support I know how amazing is that yeah incredible and and, and it was the first because he doesn't need to do that do you know what I mean he doesn't need to do that in any capacity like he's signing people like Scream Now to Paradigm and like Ketaman yeah like do you know like that's who he works with now and then there's just little me in there like it's insane but yeah I, I don't know I, I think that that what like that warmth that he made me feel when we met is definitely something that like starting a label and like doing all of the things that like I'm trying to do like just now like I can't lie that this year has kind of obviously been quite debilitating in every sense, like in a creative sense and a motivation. I was just like, is it too early for me to be knocked out of this? Like, is it like, have I, have I, like, am I still going to have something to go back to? Because it just started, you know? Yeah. And, and I felt like all of the stuff that was going to happen this year would have really cemented, like, what would have happened after like I was playing at Glastonbury yeah. and I had a residency in Italy wow. and I was playing like 12 weeks in this club called Cocorico which is like it looks like the Louvre in oh, Paris wow. it's like a glass pyramid and like Sven Vath and all that oh. like used to be resident so like it would it would have like see if you speak to Italian people and you're like Cocorico they're like oh 
like it's like fabric like yeah. in Italy kind of yeah. like, which is by the way when I well, this will happen in this conversation I will finish like whatever I started <laughs> takes me back to the Honey Dijon topic when Naomi Campbell walked in no um, at Fly Open Air that year I, I met sat, um, oh my god I've totally forgotten his name now he owns Soma Dave Clark um, that owns Soma Records Soma Records is a Glasgow based um, label yeah they, they signed Daft Punk's first album wow like but then they've gone on to like do the slam tent at Team Park they like do pressure at the Archies which is obviously now no longer like a thing yeah um, but they do Riverside Festival like they're, they're all over and they look after like slam and they have a school and they're just wicked so Dave Clark used to come down on a Sunday night to Sub Club um, and we'd have a whiskey and uh, he still never bloody gave me a gig for four years even though he came down and knew I was was running that (laughs) night. He still never gave me a gig for four years. Uh, He was like, we'd actually go to Fabric in a couple of weeks. Um, Slammer playing the 25th birthday with like Midlands and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I've never been to Fabric. And he was like, what? You've never been to Fabric? Like, we'll come with us. So I turn up at the Standard Hotel to meet Dave Clark and all of like the guy that designed the, the Standard Hotel, which was actually another Scottish person. Oh. <laughs> I'll just add that in there. <laughs> um, so we then, of course, we all headed to Fabric. But can I tell you, like I watch interviews for fun because I think like um, it helps me understand myself a little bit better. Sometimes when people explain, even if like I can't relate, it helps me have an, an opposing opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about whatever they're saying but I was watching the Midland between the beats on investment advisor and like I knew his name was Harry and I knew like who's what his husband looked like from this documentary yeah, so we're backstage yeah and Midland walks in and I'm like if I oh do, do I what do I, do I call him Harry or do I call him Midland or do I call him Sir or do I bow or like I'm like I need to go home <laughs> and I just I just left I just left. So I was like, I cannot handle this conversation. I think I would have been like, I love play as it lays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a fan. (laughs) Do you know? Do you know in the documentary when people were coming up to me like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Play that song, and he's like, I don't want to play that song. I know. I was just like. I'm just going to fully, fully have my spit in my mouth here. So I'm just going to leave before I do that. Before I say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so how, well, when did you start getting into DJing? And I know we've kind of, kind of surpassed that point, but yeah, what is it that got you into it? Because obviously you've seen both sides of the coin, being a promoter, a booking well, artist, going to pick them up from airports and all sorts. Yeah. What is it that actually got you into DJing? And yeah, what was your well, inspiration? Well, I thought, I think, like, like what we were saying, my first experiences of going out, um, like, I know that house music has become popular over the last kind of couple of years, and it's now, like, become this huge industry. But when I was first getting into it, now, I'm 28, guys. <laughs> it's been 14 years, you know, of me seeing how the industry has changed. My taste has developed. Things have... But what one thing that's kind of always been the case, even though it wasn't popular, it was it was in in the space that I was in, was the DJ was a pinnacle thing. It was like they were like controlling, you know, this night. They were creating this environment, which then kind of carried over to create memories for people, and it just like it just to have the I just 
looked up to these people. I remember even when I was 14, when I was first exposed to it, just being in awe of like how people could have the confidence to do that. Yeah. And plus, I was always very secretive about my music. Like I hated, like my my dad and my family will talk about like me being younger and um, like knowing the words to every song like straight off the bat. But like I didn't like to share anything. <laughs> yeah. So like the, like my music collection, my CDs, I used to line up at HMV when I was younger, like to get like there were, but it was a secret. Like I don't yeah. want to share it. So like it was like the confidence thing. It was like having like the knowledge or like backing your taste like and being able to like apply that to like all those people it just it just inspired me from like I think before I even knew it um and I first got the balls to buy decks um about I think I was 20 so eight no I I must be 19 so yeah nine years ago I bought decks from Rubberdub um, in Glasgow which takes about six months of talking yourself into to be able to even go into that shop yeah um like it's like an institution like so uh Jack Master they all kind of came from Rubberdub and kind of were taught what they what they then you know did what they did with um did you get proper decks or did you get yeah I got decks. Yeah. I had been modelling for years. Um, I, like, I got signed when I was really, really young. I was 17. And in Australia, weirdly. Um, and then came back to Scotland. And I'm five, six and a half. Um, I wasn't a problem in Australia. And I didn't ever want to do it. I was meant to do, like, a law degree. Like, I didn't want to be a model. But because I was told no when I got home, like, I went to model team, which was, like, the, the biggest agency in Scotland, basically and they were like oh no like I was like but I just I shot for Australian Vogue and Harper's Bazaar like wow. are you sure and uh, they were like no no you're too small and I was like but oh okay but it then gave me like it, it became not like this vanity thing it became yeah. like okay I'm gonna fucking prove you wrong yeah <laughs> um, which I did and I got signed by them a year later um and then yeah I I, I worked so I, I could afford to buy them at the time yeah. but I then didn't think you know I I think I I bought them because that was like the first stage but I didn't actually expect for you know what to transpire what what, what transpired to actually happen because the day that I bought the decks I had these rubber dub bags and I bumped into like this promoter but from commercial clubs like not like the Archies or Sub Club or um Berkeley Suite or you know any of the other underground clubs in Glasgow it was like very commercial like student nights and stuff so this guy called John Blaine like hail hail John Blaine for giving me my first gig (laughs) oh my god you are the dawn forever (laughs) but he gave me my first gig he he met me that day was like what the hell were you doing rub-a-dub and I was like I'm gonna teach myself how to DJ and a year later he phoned me and was like okay I've got you a gig Friday night, five hours, are you ready? Uh, and I was like, whoa. no, but I'll do it. <laughs> and how was that? What was your first one like? Oh my you... God, I was shitting my... I mean, people, <laughs> people, so many people turned up as well. Like just to obviously see like what like this is going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got through it. Like I got through it, but it wasn't, I mean, it was enough. <laughs> well, we're a long way from there, let's just say. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But like that, 
but that's the thing that's the difference I it's like I had, the hardest as well for you but like, it's like about having the balls to embarrass yeah. yourself because like you're not gonna like t- like even if you have been playing in your bedroom for ever right there's a big difference between yeah. getting up in front of people and people being there in front of you than being in this safe environment where you can make mistakes and you can do it better next time because you've learned something like that was me on the job yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why I was so self-conscious because I really knew how shit I was when I first started <laughs> but like I just kept going <laughs> I was like I'm just I'm not giving up I'm not because if I stop I'll never be able to start again so yeah. I'll just keep going yeah and then did you get what kind of what were the crowds like in there what were they just letting you play whatever you wanted or were they like well that, coming up so, asking uh, for songs mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Do you know this is this is funny so when i was playing at cabri voltaire which is where so fly open air is the biggest festival in scotland um now um, yeah. all underground like it was like Seth Troxler Peggy Goo like Nina Kravitz um, Colonel Kovacs um, Flawlemore like it was like amazing amazing what they've done but like they are a weekly night in Edinburgh um, which is I've been with them from their beginning and I've obviously been a resident for the, basically the whole time that I've played I think I got my first gig at Fly the year after I started which then transpired into a seven year residency with them yeah wow but Cabaret Voltaire um, is like a cave like oh I've got so many stories man <laughs> but I'll, I'll stick I'll stick to this one so um, <laughs> fingers crossed guys fingers crossed <laughs> so um, yeah basically they've got an upstairs and a downstairs and downstairs is like the main room and room two and upstairs is the cafe which is like see if you see if you can get the cafe going like you're a DJ yeah. right because it's got one speaker like you're working off of one fucking speaker and it's just it's just not really the pattern but like if you can get people dancing in that little space the vibe is insane and I've had it a few times it's just like no other people slag it but like I love it oh. it's where I learned you know because it's like there's nothing to hide behind like nothing yeah <laughs> No bells and whistles, nothing. So, um, yeah, I this girl came up to me and was um, trying to... Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, yeah, this girl came up to me and she was like, uh, can you play such and such? And I was like, I actually don't really take requests, guys. Um, just trust me, because I've been doing this a long time. And she walked away, right? And then walked back up very slowly, looking me in the eyes and pulled all of my phono cables like out of the back of the CD <gasps> chair. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So that the music stopped, obviously. Yeah. And then um, her boy, I saw her boyfriend kind of coming back in and he, after me put the music back on, he then did the same. I thought you were going to say he was embarrassed. <laughs> How, how well that's what I assumed. Oh so my I was like gosh. I was like preparing my face for being like, no no no, don't worry, it's fine. And he just put, did the same, he just pulled them out as well. <gasps> that's outrageous. <laughs> so bad. I can't believe it. You've got something so, 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 so many worse things have happened, honestly. <laughs> like at New Year, oh my God, 
have all decided to create a new green room, like yeah. up the stairs, um, where the control room for the whole nightclub is, where there's exposed equipment with people at New Year. Oh dear. So, so we, I'm I'm playing on? I'm playing the bells in the main room. I'm playing Circle Local the next day. <laughs> It's my first gig outside of the UK yeah. and I'm playing Circle Local the next day. I'm so fucking nervous and anyway, I think this is going to be a breeze because I've played in this club my whole career. No, turn up in the main room, 10 minutes till the bells and all of the music in the main room cuts out. None of the speakers are on, but all of the speakers everywhere else throughout the club are on. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So everyone was running about for 25 minutes until they figured out that somebody in the green room had fallen into the exposed bit of kit and turned off only my speakers in the main room for 25 minutes. Oh no. During the bells. Oh, oh God. <laughs> See, sometimes during my Q&As, like on Instagram, like people will message me being like, what was the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Was it that time at Cat Ball when the music turned off and the, and the bells? I'm like, eh, actually, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely top three. <laughs> what, and the people that messaged you were people that were there? Were there. Yeah, they were like, yeah. we we travelled down from Aberdeen to see you <laughs> and then we didn't actually get to see you. So hopefully next time we can actually see you play. I'm oh. like... <laughs> oh, gosh. And when you speak of, like, Circo Loco, mm. that being your first gig in Ibiza, what... what no, you... it, was, it was my first gig outside the UK. Oh, wow. Stop. So like, what, have you experienced Ibiza prior to yeah. that? Yeah. So I mentioned, obviously that like the tragedy that happened yeah. to my family uh, what I did because um, she was like my second mum like she was like the person that kind of pulled me out of that tear away like like childlike yeah. mind yeah. into being a woman um, but yeah I didn't really know how to handle it. Obviously, at the start, she was like the front cover of every newspaper. It was like on the six o'clock news. It was like it was awful. It was such an awful experience. And the like the um, like I was in Edinburgh at the time when when it happened, and uh, I got told the next day. And then on the way back, they announced it on the on the news, but they had to wait until I knew, right? But by the time we travelled an hour back from Edinburgh, there was journalists at my grand's door. Like, even though they didn't have the same name or like, oh, it was just the most... So during that time, I didn't know how to handle it. And I was like, I'm just going to go to Ibiza for a couple of weeks. One of my friends lived out there um, and had like a spare room. Um, so I just decided to go out and get away but I was like very conscious of like not going out out like and because I just I, I wouldn't have been able to handle that like yeah. mm-hmm. being hung over and then like yeah. all of the because we didn't obviously we didn't know what happened until the trial yeah so you've just got like the months of grey area so I just I was very very conscious of that but it was amazing because I ended up spending the whole summer there. Um, I lived in Ibiza Old Town. Wow. Um, oh, lush. In this place called Figuretta's, which is, if you know where um, SVV is, which is like a... Jamie Jones started his, like, club nights in this little underground, like, hotel bunker kind of thing. I lived two streets down from that. Um, which is actually hilarious because I I actually signed with a modeling agency when I lived there just to feel like I was I had even though I wasn't working that yeah, like yeah. I, 
I had some kind of option <laughs> of working. Yeah. I actually DJed at Hideout that summer, which is oh, funny. Wow. Not, not not as Lala. I think I was still Lord and Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> but um I, I play I play, I played for Fly there. And um but uh, yeah, I signed with a, an agency and the first gig that I got, like modeling job, was when I actually moved home to Scotland and it was for Spanish glamour, like glamour magazine, like not like like topless like like page three like you know glamour like yeah, the yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but the spanish edition right oh, so they they flew me out and they were like oh we can put you up in this hotel and i was like well actually i could just stay with the people that i used to live with and stay for a week <laughs> yeah. by myself and like a little bit i don't know just because i'd like moved home it would just be like a ho- i would really feel like it would be a holiday yes so there was like this a festival on called the Corona Festival and Disclosure, um, Myogen Calls, like people like that were, were uh, DJing at this day festival. And the guy that had moved into my room um, had basically started dating this, sh- uh, I can't say that, <laughs> I was going to say stripper, but you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and uh, we, <laughs> we ended up going back to the apartment and he was like, he ran a night at SVV, right? So he was like, guys, disclosure are down at SVV. You should all go down to SVV. And I was like, Campo man, right? If you're wanting to shag this bird, right, you could just tell us to go out the gap. Right? You don't have to make, <laughs> you don't have to make up an elaborate lie. Like disclosure at SVV. <laughs> Nobody's at SVV, right? Let it go. But we went. And Disclosure were there oh, with wow. no no one else. So it was Disclosure, Nick Grimshaw, who was chewing his face off. He was like, oh, he was like, he was like, you really look, you really look like my friend Kendall Jenner. Let me phone her. I was like, oh. no way. Did you phone her? No, I ran away. Imagine. I was like. I was like, why are you name dropping to me? Like, I'm nobody. Like, stop. (laughs) That's like the best thing I've ever heard. That's so funny. (laughs) But the reason that we were talking is because he was with Jamie Winston, right? And I had this friend who we unfortunately lost. Um, uh, His name was Paul and he dies of cancer. And his name was Tranny Paul. Like, that's what he called himself. He he was a drag queen. Um, He was amazing. He was just, like, full of life and just an, an amazing character. So he actually was friends with Jamie Winston. And at his funeral, we ended up sitting next to each other. So at this funeral in Glasgow, Jamie Winston, do you know who Jamie Winston is? No. So... Google it. (laughs) Google it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but I didn't recognise her because she changed her hair or something. But I, like, recognised her voice. So she was with Nick Dimshaw and Ibiza. And both of us were like, I don't know you're from somewhere. And then I was like, oh, my God, we sat next to each other at a funeral. That's where I... She was like, oh, my God, Paul. And we just had this, like, conversation. But he, he was... He was he was with her, so he was like, "Can I?" And we were like, "We're actually having we're having a nice conversation." <laughs> anyway, I've got photo, like photographs of of him trying to chew his eyebrows off. So I feel like that's just good to have, isn't it, for any situation? Just being able to get that out, just for just for legal reasons. <laughs> just in case you ever want to go on BBC One's show. No, 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 never. He's not 
on Breakfast anymore. I actually think he's great. Yeah. I like him on Gogglebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's with his niece, isn't he, on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he is funny. So good. <laughs> so, well, obviously this year's been a little bit of a write-off, but are the things that you've spoken about that you were doing this year, they transfer into next year? Like, what does next year look like for you? Yeah, um, everything's pretty... Man, guys, I, I'm just lucky that yeah. I have an amazing team um, and I'm lucky to have been given rids. We can finish that conversation off now as well. Yeah. Let's round that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Genius asked me to come in and meet him and we met for a coffee and he obviously, like, he's the founder of Rids. Yeah. So when I screenshotted that message to Jim, he was like, genius's message to himself. Like, what the hell? So I didn't think anything of it. Met him, we chatted. He asked about my story, just asked, like, about my opinions on things and we just had a chat. He was telling me that he manages KTV and stuff and yeah. I was like, well, I have a manager, I have a team like um and he was totally cool with that I think he was just like telling me about like what he did mm. and then he would like let me go into the studio and record um little did I know that that was never planned I don't I don't know what his plan was I don't know if he knew that he was going to give me a weekly show before I, I doubt it I don't know what happened but what happened was Emily phoned me a couple of days after she runs the studio and she was just like hey um so I have a question do you want to be a weekly video I was like a weekly wow. show like what are you wow. talking about like did, does anyone even have a weekly show apart from Ben UFO and then obviously jo- Joshua as well um who's like an XOYO resident he's wicked yeah and then um, I was actually so nervous when when uh, Genius first asked me because I had obviously just moved to London fairly recently and Joshua had actually, we'd ended up speaking and meeting for a coffee. And I was like, oh my God, you have a weekly show on Rinse? Like, that's insane. And then by no, no, like this was not coming from me. I didn't ask for a weekly show, but I kind of felt really self-conscious in case, oh God, I hope that he's not thought that I've met him. And then I'm like being a snake and trying to like, you know, like trying Wiggling to warm up. Yeah. Oh, I was. I actually ended up like building up the courage to text him that, being like, "By the way, this is what happened," and I like it was no fault of my <laughs> own, but obviously I have to say yes. Yeah. Um. Nice. But yeah. Um. It, it, that's how it happened, and that was like that's been like the most insane blessing because I think that that's has helped me stay engaged. Um. If anything, maybe I don't know. Like I feel like the show has done really well and like it's going from like strength to strength like we had Sama on like two weeks ago she is like one of my idols like she I don't know if you if you know who she is um because to be honest see when see when I was like before boiler room and stuff when I was still figuring out who I was I just didn't pay attention to like it, what anyone else was doing and it wasn't out of like ignorance or like I just had to like figure out myself yeah. so I didn't really have my finger on the pulse with like who was cool and like even what we were talking about earlier about like like supporters and like when Seinfeld like I knew his music but I didn't know who it was yeah, yeah. like do, do you know what I mean yeah whereas now because we've connected like I know obviously who he is and 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 I could tell you like out of a crowd what he looks like whereas I just I didn't have my finger on the pulse like that before um so Ben Turner that runs a uh, graphite he yeah. looks after 
like Pete Tong and yeah, yeah. runs IMS. Yeah. He's another really early supporter of mine, um, which is insane. Yeah. He booked me for IMS, which is obviously like I used to run up Doc Villa when yeah. I was like living in Ibiza. That was like my route. Yeah, <laughs> like I ran it. up the castle. Surreal to them. So to and and it was I had this really weird thing with the sky. Like I don't know if you are the same. I'm like I'm dead spiritual. Like and I really believe in like stupid. Like and by the way, people that are like angry about like horoscopes and people that are spiritual, it's the least harmful thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, please totally. calm down. Like if it helps me yeah. get through my that. day, yeah. please. I believe in. <laughs> Yeah, people talk on our, on our drives about like manifesting. Yeah, I was the, interested the to list see I've written that. and everything. Can, can I be added into your group chat then? Yeah, yes. let's manifest everything. Yeah, I believe in that. I think it's, it's and totally I yeah, works. I love horoscopes and like all of that. I, oh, Same. Great. Yeah. Have you got the app? Have you got the app called the Pattern? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, it's insane. I've just it's got that insane. co-star one. It's, it's been a bit awkward actually because I the pattern obviously you put in your your birthday details, don't you? And then it says like how much of a match you are technically. And I did it with one of my friends and it came up that it was like, we're very different people. And we were both like, oh, that's not <laughs> the outcome we wanted. <laughs> but we are very different people, but in a in the best sort of way when you've got like an opposite friend that like- Yeah, totally, totally. totally. Uh, what horoscope are you? Cancer. Cancer, oh, nice. I'm, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, are you? Yes. <laughs> I, I used to go. I used to go out with a girl. Uh, yes. There, there's a. There's another thing that people are very shocked by. I remember saying that, and like in a studio, being like, "Oh, you squirt with her," and they were like, "What?" Whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I used to squirt with this girl, and she was an Aquarius, and oh my god, she mental. <laughs> how, like, how is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, for someone who like. Yeah, she she's like she. It's very hard to work. Like I like to work people out, and like mm. I like to know what people are thinking, and I'm quite insecure and need like reassured and stuff. And like Aquarius, like I don't yeah. know, in my experience, are 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 in their own in their own shit. Yeah, that's like the I've seen that before. And like, I don't think Hi, that's me. <laughs> They're like emotionally detached. And I'm like, really? Is that meant to be me? Because I feel like I'm almost too emotional about everything. But like. She, I mean, she talks shit about cancers anyway. She says, yeah, yeah. She says, she says that, um, she says that we're like manipulative, like cancers are manipulative. Which, by the way, my aunt and my mum are both cancers, um, and we're so different. Oh my god, if I was anything like them, I would be laughing. Like they are like (laughs) angels, like they are actual angels. I never believed in any of it because I was just like, I am nothing like them. But when I when I started to understand like my rising and like all of the other things, it made way more sense. (laughs) Yeah, it can literally change when from the time that you're born, can't it? Like you can be completely different people even yeah. though that you're the same sign. I hated when they announced the other week, well, the other oh, month now, God. that they were like, oh, I knew you, you both were kicking off before I, I even said it. it. I went How from a Taurus to an Aries. Oh, I was like, I that's not even Capricorn. me. No, like, I, think oh. it, I think it should just be from anyone that's born from now. Yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the yeah. law. Because like, and that's it. That's final. <laughs> that's so Taurus of me. Because Taurus are really stubborn. So, so structured. <laughs> I have so many Tauruses in my life. Yeah. Um, so when's great. your birthday? When's Taurus? Twenty seventh of April. April. So oh, like I just a Taurus. It's a bit of May as okay. well. Okay. 
No, no, I, I, I've got a lot of Tauruses in my life then. So, yeah. 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 It's, I feel like the Taurus Still is the structure loyal. that you need. Though. Yeah. So loyal. But see, loyalty to me is, like, the biggest thing ever. Like, yeah. I, you, we can't be friends if you're not loyal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me That's too. My, it's my only thing, like, if you, like, talk shit about other people or if you talk shit about me or if you don't if you don't have a view about something and you're not loyal to that view, people can change and opinions can evolve. Yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, but you can't being, be a flip-flop. No, like, that's, like, my number one thing. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. Life. I'm, like, pick a lane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no I agree. Pick a fucking lane. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I say. I, like, pick a lane. Yeah, that yeah. All the time. <laughs> That's it. You're you're probably like eh, Pecaline. This conversation has been no. so all over no. the show. We actually they, had this... notes and we've just not yeah. gone through the notes all. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, this is lesson learned. Do not invite a chatty person that had the coffees. We say this every time, but our, our fear is we get someone yeah. who doesn't want to talk. And we're and just like, like oh. and we're just like dragging don't, them down. Just, but just don't do a bloody podcast. Yeah, yeah. surely. Yeah, we've had some really good looks so far. Yeah, good, good. Um, so yeah, to, yeah. At next year, <laughs> are you going to be doing your um, Italian residency? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's weird because in, yeah. in Italy, like you need like a different agent to be able to operate. Oh, really? they, they are. It's like mafia. They're like, oh. no, no, we run this. <laughs> No, no, we've done one this. Of yeah, so um, luckily I have an amazing, um, amazing, amazing. <laughs> I have an amazing agent called Alex. Um, he is the one that booked me for Circle Local. So he run, he's basically running Cocorico as well. Yeah. He's doing all of the programming for it. So he looks after like Seth and yeah, loads of different people um, in Italy. So hopefully um, that's still going ahead. I've been booked for IMS again, which yeah. is insane. Oh my god, I swear to god, I this year I was going to play IMS and then Circle Local on the Monday. So I had the gig at the castle on the Friday and then actually playing Circle Local again oh, the wow. night, on the Monday. Yeah. Which is rare for two promoters to agree for that to happen. So I was gonna yeah. go out for a week and like rent a villa, have oh all my god. Over. Oh. Ah!
Yeah. Man, I hope I live up to your expectations. No, you will. I've watched the boiler room. So, yeah, as long you as will. the speaker doesn't go off, then I will be fine. Yeah, as long as no one's pulling out the cables. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know, I'll, I'll send you the EP that's out on Friday as well. Let me, like, ping me your emails and I'll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or are we in that? Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. ping it over. Yeah. Because um, Ketama's done the remix and it's insane. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Oh, amazing. Well, mm. before we stop, we have we have a question that we've asked everyone, um, okay. all our guests. So if you could um, go out anywhere with anyone, who who and where would it be? Like COVID Ooh. doesn't exist as well. So like you've got, <laughs> actually you can pick dead or alive people as well. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. Stop so the it. endless for this. <laughs> Almost too oh much my choice. There's way too much choice, <laughs> but um, I would go with... Oh, this is so hard. I would go with Frankie Knuckles to beat oh, <laughs> That is a great shot. Or, or I would go with, oh, I don't know. I take it back. I'm oh. going to that one. <laughs> that Frankie, I take it back. Frankie Knuckles, I absolutely love Frankie That's yeah. a great That's answer. Yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. Pick his brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, great answer. Well, thanks so Have you, much. I've got oh. a gift. Wait, this is, can we say goodbye and then I've got a gift? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Well, thanks so, thank thank you so you. much for your time. Um, thank you. Love chatting to you. This has been amazing. Yeah, we're super excited to see what you do. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Well done for smashing the girl. Rinse FM. I haven't show. smashed it, but you are. hopefully, hopefully I will. <laughs> <You really> will. <laughs> I think we've got a question from Rich over the headphones. Yeah, Rich, what are you saying? <laughs> We've got... I'll ask you in a minute. I'll ask you in a minute. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you, Lala. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Going Out podcast with Skiddle. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe wherever you hear this podcast. Thank you.